Rivals, Jimmy Rollins here, and today is special. Why is today special? Because we have two churches, one message. This is going to be insane. I've been waiting for this all week. I-5 City, we are together with Red Rocks Church in Denver, Colorado, and Red Rocks Church, Uncle Jimmy is in the building. What's going on, good people? Two churches coming together. This is kingdom. This is absolutely Amazing. I am so grateful to be there with you right now in your living room, with you right now in your kitchen, wherever you are. If you are in Baltimore, Maryland, or in Denver, Colorado, guess what? God is going to meet you right where you are today. Just first want to give a shout out to your amazing pastors at Red Rocks Church, Pastor Sean and Jill Johnson, some of Irene and I's closest Friends, honestly, uh, Sean is like my fashion consultant. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Not really. I'm his. Uh, and uh, Jill is just absolutely amazing. Just such grace on your church. Just such grace on your life. And Red Rocks Church, I want you to know that God is with you in this season. I-5 City, I want you to know that God is with you in this season. What I love about this opportunity for two churches to come together is the power of unity. And I'm believing that God is going to do something amazing as you watch uh, this experience today, uh, right there in your house, right there in your heart. And, and so one more time, if you're just clapping, just, just, just clap. Don't touch nobody because that's weird, you know, socially distanced. But right where you are, put your hands together and celebrate the goodness of God, I am so fired up for this message. Uh, I was talking to Pastor Sean. I was like, hey, what are you guys in right now? And they're talking about like take home faith and moving from take home faith to take home church. And so today we want to just talk from the theme, take home church. I-5 City, we've been talking about what it means to be the church all the time. Come on, somebody. I'm going to be the church in the mall. I'm going to be the church at the soccer game. I'm going to be the church walking my neighborhood. And so we want to blend those two thoughts together and say, take home church. And I want to start with this powerful scripture in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. And we're going to start at 42 and go down to 47. You guys can follow along on your smart device or, or maybe on the lower thirds on this screen. But it says this. It says, every believer was faithfully devoted to the following teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion, coming together regularly for prayer. And then because of that, a deep sense of awe swept over everyone. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. I love that. Out of their generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, they met together. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and in one another's home. In one another's home to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. I absolutely love this passage of Scripture. This 
passage of Scripture personifies, it illustrates, take home church. And so I want to preach to you over the next few minutes from that topic, take home church church. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray that you do something amazing in the lives of every single person who is watching this broadcast right now or will watch this later. Father, I don't know what the condition is of the home. I don't know what the condition is of the people who are in the home, but I know, God, that you are a healer. And last week we celebrated Easter for what? So that we could have the Holy Spirit inside of us to take church home. And so I'm excited, God, to preach this message. And I want to pray, God, that you speak through me in this moment, more of you and less of me in Jesus' name. And everybody said a good amen in Denver and in Baltimore. Let's go take home church. It's absolutely crazy what is going on in our country right now. And many people are being faced with fear and many people are being faced with, man, uncertainty and discouragement and disappointment. Many people are trying to figure out, like, how, how, do, I, how do I manage my finances in this season? Maybe you're in a season where you have more month than you have money. Uh, and many of us are confronted with this COVID-19 craziness. And our heart goes out to all the families who have been affected by this crazy uh, pandemic. Our heart goes out to all of the people who have lost loved ones and all of the people who are, who are on the front lines as uh, even dealing with and trying to help find a cure for this craziness. It's crazy how in one moment, in just a few months, if you think back to your New Year's resolution or you think back to how life was in January and in February, life has changed. Many of the places that were full are now empty. Stadiums with basketball games and baseball games, they were full and now those stadiums are now empty. Offices and business parks were full, and now those offices and business parks are now empty. Come on, some of y'all are homeschooling your kids right now, and you want to give them a full spanking. I'm joking, <laughs> right? No, but like their schools were full, and now those schools are empty. Restaurants uh, now are just doing takeout orders. Restaurants were full, and now... They are empty. And it's crazy that even churches on Sundays were full, but now the building of church is empty. But kind of like a restaurant, what I love about that is the restaurant hasn't shut down just because people aren't physically inside the restaurant. The cook is still cooking. The chef, come on somebody, is still slaying meals. And what happens is, is people are calling and getting that food brought home to their houses and distributing those meals to their families. Could this be how God wants to use the church right now to do the same thing? That man, Jesus is still in the miracle working business. Come on, somebody. Blinded eyes can still be opened. We, we learned last week at Easter that the tomb was empty for what? So that our hearts could be full with the Holy Spirit. This is the premise of take home church. This is the Acts 2 church. You see, before church was 
centralized in a building. It was mobilized in homes. Let me say that again. Before church was centralized in a building, it was mobilized in homes. Jesus came to mobilize the gospel. And in fact, if you look at the context of Acts chapter 2, we see that after Easter, Jesus, it says that he was around for about 40 days and he appeared to them, the disciples, talking to them about how to advance the kingdom of God, how to advance the gospel message. Jesus says, listen, I'm gone out of here, but it's now your, your responsibility to advance the kingdom, not inside the four walls of a building, but to have take home church. Jesus says, I'm still, I still have prepared a place for you. I'm still in the, in the kitchen of heaven cooking up grace and cooking up mercy and cooking up favor and cooking up, come on somebody, peace. And he says, listen, I, you don't have to come to church to get that. You can actually order that. You can actually take that home with you. In Acts chapter 1, after the Holy Spirit uh, uh, had, had, had come upon us before that, Jesus gives these instructions and he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world, the uttermost parts down your street, the uttermost parts in your neighborhood, the uttermost parts right there with your family. He says, and you will be my witnesses. Come on, I-5 City and Red Rocks, we, we, we've talked about what it means to get a witness. You see an old school uh, African-American church, you know, it was, can I get a witness? Come on. And everybody would say, amen. And people would start running and come on, we do a Jericho march and walls are coming down. Come on, a little Pentecostal church. But guess what? When Jesus says you will be my witness, he wasn't talking about being a witness inside the four walls of the church. He was talking about attesting to the fact that Jesus is a healer right there in your neighborhood. That's why the Holy Spirit came and says in Acts chapter two that they were in a house. About 120 people were gathered together. That's a big house, come on somebody. And then there was a suddenly, and the Holy Spirit descended upon this house in order for us to empower us to be witnesses, not just get a witness. And in Acts 2, 2, it says that the whole house was filled. Not the whole church was filled. Come on. Not just the whole prayer closet was filled, not the whole, you know, Bible study at the church, but the whole house was filled with the presence of God. And the result of that, I love how the Bible says every single person who was in the house was filled. I love that. And then this guy, Peter, this flunky Peter who was always missing Jesus. I'm talking about Peter, the one that Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. I'm talking about Peter, the one who denied Jesus. Peter gets up and preaches a sermon. Come on. And he says, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. He says, this is that. This is church. And it says that about 3,000 were added that day to the kingdom of God and those that were added daily. All of this did not happen in a building. 
It happened in a home. It happened in a house. Do you know if you study the gospels and study the ministry of Jesus, Jesus did ministry in houses. Come on, somebody. Jesus, he went to Jairus' house, who was a temple worker. Jairus was in the temple, but his daughter was sick at home. Could it be that we've got our mindsets and our focus too focused in on what's going on in the temple that we are losing our teenagers? But Jesus went to Jairus' house. And although Jairus' daughter had died, Jesus spoke life into her and she came back to life. I want you to know with Take Home Church, I-5 City, with Take Home Church, Red Rocks, I believe life is coming back to your teenagers. Life is coming back to your children. Life is coming back to your marriage. Jesus called Matthew, a disciple in a house. Jesus healed two blind men in a house. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all are like, I don't want my mother-in-law healed. I'm done with her. Let me, let me tell y'all something. Jesus will heal you and your mother-in-law's relationship. How? In a house. Jesus, come on. He, he healed Zacchaeus in a house. He met with Martha and Mary in a house. I love that. In a house. Jesus is in the business of taking the gospel to houses, taking grace to houses, taking families and restoring families inside of houses. Some of y'all need to go ahead right now and have a takeout order. You need to pray right now. Get a takeout order for Jesus to bring peace to your house. Take home, church. Take out, church. In fact, the first time we see the word church in Matthew 16, Jesus is having this conversation with his disciples. And he says, who do men say that I am? And they start saying, well, some say you're Elisha, and some say you're one of the prophets, and some say you're John the Baptist. Can I let you know that your community right now, the house that you live in right now, your neighbors, there has never been a better time for you, watch this, to invite them into your life. Pastor, what are you? I want to invite them to church. Well, you, you are. When you invite them into your life, you're actually inviting them to church. Why? Because through the scripture, we can see that church doesn't start when service starts. Church starts when service is over. I don't just go to church. I am the church. How do I know I'm the church? Because the tomb was empty and now my temple is full. It's full of grace. It's full of the kingdom. It's full of the message of Jesus Christ. Right now, our neighbors, our friends, the world is saying, what is the church? They can't go to a building anymore. What are some saying about the church based off of our, you know, reputation or or our, uh, uh, what we call church? And Peter has a revelation. They start saying, you know, some say you're this, some say you're that. And Peter says, I know what you are. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And I love Jesus' response. He says, Jesus, uh, he says, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. On that revelation, I will build my ecclesia, my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Oh my God. I will build my church. I will build my movement, not a monument. 
I will build a place of worship on the inside of you, not a place that you just have to go to and be led by singers and musicians. Worship is going to become a lifestyle. Jesus did something for Peter to be every day, not just go to on Sunday. Jesus took church from the building to the body. Jesus took church from the place and gave it to the people. Jesus took church, come on, from the church house to your house. Church was mobilized. He says, I will build my church. There's no construction company that shows up. There's no lease, leasing company that shows up. He says, I'll build my church. And on that revelation, Jesus says, the gates of hell will not prevail. How does the gates of hell not prevail in this season? How does sickness and discouragement and despair not win in this season? When we decide to take home church, when we decide to be the church, not just go to church. Oh, I love this. See, I believe just like Peter, we need a revelation of what church is. Some of us have too much information. Church starts at eight, church starts at nine, church starts at 10 and church is supposed to be this way and church is supposed to be that way. And, and we have all of these mindsets of what church is, but can I offer to you that it's so hard to get a revelation of who Jesus is when you have too much information of people's opinion of what church is and should be. We are the church. I don't just go to church, I am the church. I am the city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You see, the results of us being the church, this Acts 2 church, it says here in Acts 2, 43 and 47, listen to this. It says, a deep sense of holy awe swept over everybody. Come on, y'all say everybody, not everyone. Everybody, a deep sense of awe swept over everyone. And the apostles performed miraculous signs and wonders. How did that happen? With Take Home Church. It says all of the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had. Come on, they said, can I borrow some flour? Can I get a couple eggs? Come on, somebody. Right now, man, you go to the grocery store, ain't nothing on the shelves. Can you imagine that when we go to the grocery store, take home church, instead of just, here, here, here's a way to be take home church. Instead of just buying groceries for yourself, you also buy groceries for your neighbor. Take home church. It says they shared with one another whatever they had. And out of their generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need. They shared together. And at the end of this passage of scripture, it says, and the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Man, John 10, 10, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, no, I have come that you might have life. I have come that you might just not just go to church. Man, I believe that this is a season where we're not going to be obligated to a building. We're going to be obligated to building the family members that are on the inside of our houses. This is church. This is what happens when you have take out church. Man, uh, during this COVID craziness, uh, we, we placed this huge order the other night. You're like, well, what are we going to eat? I don't know about you, but man, it's, it's been trouble for us trying to figure out what we're going to eat every night. 
And so we decided we're going to order out. We're going to do a little takeout. You know, can't eat in the restaurant. And so we called our favorite Italian restaurant and, and we ordered all of this food. I'm telling y'all, it was amazing. Fettuccine with rosé sauce, a little pesto. It was so good. Big, giant scallops. I'm talking about these scallops were huge. It was like they were supernatural scallops. Come on, somebody. Shrimp. It was amazing. So we ordered, you know, we got five people in our house. So we ordered five meals, you know, spaghetti and meatballs, gnocchi, and, 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 and it was amazing. And we got it home. You know, we, we, uh, Irene went to go pick it up and we got it home. And, and we realized something. We realized that it was only four meals. What? We ordered five meals, but only four showed up. Why? What happened? Well, there was one meal that was left in the place that it was prepared. I started thinking about that. I know so many people who are going to church, but their whole family is not saved. I know so many people who are going to church, but the message, some of the message gets, you know, delivered to the home and then some of it stays in the building. And I was like trying to figure out, what do we do? I don't want to go all the way back, so I called and got a refund. Let me tell you something. I believe in this season of Take Home Church that some things that have been left on the shelf for your house, some things that have been left on the shelf for your marriage, some things that have been left on the shelf, come on, single people, for your life, come on, you're going to get a full refund, and it's going to show up in this season at when you least expect it. Signs and wonders. Take home church. See, take home church. When I read that passage of scripture, it says that they were filled with awe. Man, God's going to surprise you in this season. It says that they operated in generosity. I believe that favor is going to come to your house so that you can be as generous as you want to be and your heart desires to be in this season. It says that they shared meals. They were sharing it also says that they, they were filled with praise. And lastly, it says, and people were added. Those who were coming to life were added daily. Let me tell y'all something. I want you to write this down, take a picture of this on the screen, whatever. When Jesus delivers to your house, not one person goes hungry. When Jesus delivers to your house, not one person is left empty. I want to give you a couple thoughts of how you can have a take-home church in your house. Come on, Red Rocks. Come on, I-5 City. A couple thoughts of take-home church in your house. Church at my house. Jesus. This is Jesus's order. If, if, if we were to say, you know, you ever call a restaurant and they only have a little bit of things or just a couple of things on the menu? I believe that the Acts 2 church, that these are things that should be on every single home's menu in this corona season and beyond. Number one, Acts 2, 42. Every believer was faithfully devoted to the following and the teaching of the apostles. They were faithfully devoted. Come on, right now in your house, say faithfully devoted. Nobody was tripping. They were faithfully devoted. Everybody was committed. They were faithfully Devoted. Everybody was concerned about the same thing. They were faithfully devoted. When I think about being faithfully devoted, I think about like every area that I've been faithfully devoted in has set the course for my direction in my life. 
Could it be in this season that we've been faithfully devoted to going to work? We've been faithfully devoted to just, you know, having our kids in sports. There is no sports right now. We've been faithfully devoted to running the play that provides to our houses. But, you know, what, could it be that God wants us to be faithfully devoted to him? Faithfully devoted to one another? Faithfully devoted to reading our word? Faithfully devoted to times of silence and solitude? Faithfully devoted to being still? Faithfully devoted to hearing from God? Many of us maybe have said in this season, man, I don't know if God's speaking. I don't know if we've just been still enough to hear him. I want to be faithfully devoted. Irene and I were on a walk yesterday in our community, and I was talking about this message and talking about Take Home Church, and, and I said, babe, how do you know that I'm faithfully devoted to you? And y'all should have seen that look. Like she thought some news was coming. I was like, ain't no news coming. I'm preparing this message, and, and, and I want to know, I know how, like, I know you're faithfully devoted to me. I can feel you. I can feel your presence. I can feel your heart. I said, same for me. Like, I don't have to make a choice not to love you. I don't have to make a choice. Uh, Every day I wake up, I'm faithfully devoted to you. I am in proximity with you. I can see you. I can feel you. I can touch you. Could it be in this season that God wants us to feel him? God wants us to know that he's in close proximity to us faithfully devoted. I thought about like two attributes of what it means to be faithfully devoted. I would say the first one is devoted in love. God wants us devoted in love to our family, devoted in love to our loved ones. Who are we calling in this COVID craziness to check on that says, I'm devoted to you. I believe right now our, our devotion is really getting tested because really no one can really do anything for you. It's just out of the inherent kindness of your heart. Are you faithfully devoted to being the tangible hands and feet of Jesus to those around you? This is love. In Matthew 22, 37, it says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord God with all your heart and all your soul and all of your mind. Man, I want God to have all of me. I want God to know that I'm faithfully devoted to him. I want my wife to know during this season that I'm not just devoted to watching reruns of old sporting events. I'm not just devoted to to working at home. I want to use this time for my family to know that I am faithfully devoted to them. Come on, Red Rocks. Come on, I-5 City. Are we faithfully devoted? We need to be devoted in love. God was so devoted in love, John 3, 16, that he gave his only son so that we might believe in him and that no one would perish and everyone would come to life. Devoted in love, number two, is devoted in lifestyle. This is an attribute of what it means to be the faithfully devoted. I love Romans 12, one and two. And I'm gonna read a little bit from the message version. Come on, this is for, uh, I, I, I call this cliff notes for people who can't read, that's me, come on. It says, so here's what I want you to do, Romans 12, one and two. God helping you. This is what it means to be devoted. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. 
It then goes on and says, do not become so well adjusted to this culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Come on. When you are faithfully devoted, you are changed from the inside out. Devoted in love and devoted in lifestyle. Let me bring the plane home right now. On this point, I've come to find out that my devotion always determines my direction. Your devotion will always determine your direction. Take home church. What's on the order? Those who are faithfully devoted. Number two, those who are mutually linked. Mutually linked. It says in Acts 2, 42 and 47, every believer was faithfully devoted to the following teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked with one another. Oh my gosh, everybody on the same page. You know what I believe? There's a lot wrong in our country. There's been a a pandemic before there was the COVID-19 pandemic. There are things that are loud in our country, that are loud to others that may not personally speak to me. And what I love about this live, what I love about Red Rocks Church and I-5 City coming together is Red Rocks Church is predominantly white, I-5 City is predominantly African-American, and God is having us come together. Sean and Jill are some of Irene and I's closest friends. Come on, y'all, I got white friends. (laughs) Did I just say that? I did. I believe that if God's gonna change the world, first has to change our homes. In fact, in, in Matthew 12, 24, I love this passage of scripture because it says, how, how are we gonna change the world in pandemics like racism, pandemics like prejudice, pandemics like stereotyping, is, is we gotta change the house. But Jesus knew their thoughts and he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. In other words, it cannot stand. Every city cannot stand. Every house cannot stand. Take home church. If we're going to change the kingdom, if we're going to change the world, we got to first try to change the city. If we're going to change the city, guess where it's going to start? In our houses. I believe during this time, of isolation, let us be mutually linked in unity. Let us come together as one body, no matter your skin color, no matter your age, no matter your gender, let us come together and be mutually linked. Let me tell you something, we've got so many stereotypical thoughts and I remember when God brought Red Rocks Church into our life. See, what you don't know, Red Rocks, and maybe I-5 City you don't know, is before we were connected with ARC, the Association of Related Churches, and Pastor Dino and Pastor Chris, it was just us. We just had a good idea and Pastor Steve and I, before we had a staff that we have now, before we had the building that we have now, Pastor Steve and I found this church online called Red Rocks Church, Eight nine years ago. And we says, man, this is the kind of church we want to be. Didn't matter what color of the people that were in the seats. Y'all had red as your main color. Red was our main color. Come on, that's the blood of Jesus. (laughs) 
When we started copying everything that y'all did on your website, we started, I started preaching this guy, Sean Johnson's sermons. We started sports ministry because you guys did basketball ministry. You had no idea Red Rocks Church. And, and that's why I love this thought that you don't give to a church, you give through a church because you have no idea as you sowed into the vision of Red Rocks Church, guess what? You were sowing into the vision of I-5 City right here in the DMV in Baltimore area. Two people from two complete different backgrounds. And I remember saying one day, I'm gonna be able to thank that guy, Sean Johnson. Because, man, I didn't, know how to, I didn't know how to tie two scriptures together. And I started learning from preaching his sermons. We started doing some of your worship songs. We copied your exact website. Yeah, plagiarism. No, we, we just benchmarked you. But guess what? God was mutually linking us before we even knew one another. A year and a half ago, I was at Hillsong, New York, and, and I just happened to go to a service that night and, and one of the leaders there at Hillsong said, hey, there's this guy from Red Rocks Church. I want to introduce you to him. His name is Sean Johnson. What are you kidding me? It was eight years ago. And now I'm sitting next to the guy. And from that day, I told him the story and I said, man, you have no idea that you spoke into our church. I would not be where I am because of you. And I begin to, you could tell my words were giving him life. And from that day, we decided that we just doing life together. And that's why we get to do church together, I-5 City and Red Rocks today together. A white, predominantly white church, predominantly African-American church doing songs together, doing church together. Yes, some of us can dance, some of us can't. Some of us clap on the one and the three, others on the two and the four. Come on, y'all. But guess what? It's all good because we are mutually linked to the same kingdom cause. What I love about being mutually linked is our ethnic culture becomes a subculture to the kingdom culture. Oh. I got this one restaurant that we've been going to every, almost every other day when we want to order takeout food. It's called Miskis. And they, we've ordered there so much, they know exactly what we want. And so I call, I don't even know how to say it, it's a Peruvian restaurant, but it's these like steak uh, pieces in the best gravy you've ever had with these peppers and onions. And I say, I want five of them. And they've gotten so used to me because we're talking. Because I'm there every day, they know exactly what I want. We've be, I've become mutually linked with this restaurant. Now I call and they say, you want five? I said, yeah, that's it. Because we're mutually linked. They know that there's unity there. Would it be awesome if we were all after the same thing? Wouldn't it be amazing if we all, like if the world knew that the church's order was together, there was order in the church? <sighs> that they knew that we all, you know, was on the same things that feed us grace and mercy and God's word, man. I'm telling you, there are so many things that can divide us, but there's one thing that unifies us better than anything, and that's need. Need has no color. Need has no socioeconomic status. Come on. Need, uh, it's a unifier. Hungry is a unifier. Doesn't matter what color you are, divorce hurts. Hungry is real. 
And I thought it would be great in Take Home Church if we would spend time talking to our families, our kids, about the need for diversity, the need for unity, the need to break generational strongholds. Sometimes I'm going to be honest. I, I think, man, God, am I, am, I just, am I just talking about something that will never change? He says, no, we are one generation away from it. We need to sit down with our kids and let our children know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. We're not going to laugh at certain jokes anymore. I was talking to a friend recently, a white friend of mine, and, and he told me that he decided to go visit this all African-American church. And I'm not going to name the church, but he went to go visit this church and literally everybody kind of looked at him. I'm like, what are you doing here? He was after the same thing. He, he, he wanted the same order as everybody else. Problem is, is they thought because his skin color was different, that his appetite was different. I got an appetite for freedom. I believe freedom is the same appetite no matter what color you are. Joy, grace, peace. The Bible says in Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Let me tell you something, Red Rocks. Let me tell you something, I-5. Unity is not uniformity. Unity is different things coming together for the same thing. It goes on and says there, there is an anointing and there God can command a blessing. You know what I want God to do in this season? To command a blessing. Bless our nation, bless our country, bless our schools through our unity. What can we do during the COVID craziness to love people who don't look like us? To lean into conversations around the dinner table about unity. I'll never forget, Irene and I, when we first got married, we, we moved into this neighborhood and we were both technical recruiters before we did ministry, uh, before we were in full-time ministry. And we built this house and we had saved up. We were flipping homes. I'll never forget the first day I moved in that neighborhood. And we were the only African-American family in that neighborhood. And, and I remember the, the lady who lived next door came over and we got to talking. And literally she had the audacity to say these words. She says, how did you afford to move here. And in that statement, that statement was charged with so much racial tension. That statement was charged with so much ignorance, but guess what? I didn't get mad. I decided that my greatest misery would now be my greatest ministry. And that's why we're talking about this today, how to be mutually linked. And I realized at that moment that you can't decide who your neighbor is. Huh. In fact, in Mark 12, 30 and 31, it says, and you must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Watch this. The second commandment, the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. You don't get to choose who your neighbor is. In fact, I want to say it this way. Your neighbor may not be the one who lives next door to you, but rather the one who God is calling you to love next. Let me say that again. 
Your neighbor may not be the one who lives next door to you, but rather the one who God is calling you to love next. That doesn't look like you. That is not in the same you know, financial area of you. Let me tell you something. It's going to take love. Love is how we are mutually linked. Remember, this is take home church. We're going to be faithfully devoted. We're going to be mutually linked. And the last one. We're going to pray regularly. It says, every believer was faithfully devoted to the following teachings. Their hearts were mutually linked. They shared in communion and they came together regularly in prayer. I believe our country needs prayer. I believe that your house needs prayer. I believe that the White House needs prayer. Huh. Our nation needs prayer. The hospitals need prayer. The doctors and nurses and hospital workers need prayer. They prayed regularly. Imagine if our prayer was not just in reaction to things that are happening but we responded in prayer so that things don't happen. <laughs> and maybe you're like, man, Pastor, I've tried to pray and I haven't seen anything change. I've tried to pray and the condition of my house is still what it is. I've prayed for my wife. I've prayed for my husband. They're still drinking. They're still addicted. I've, I've prayed for my kids. They're still wayward. Maybe you're single. You, you've prayed for that spouse and it still hasn't happened yet. There's something about take-home church. You know what prayer is? <laughs> it's take-home church. What prayer does, it says, Jesus even teaches when you pray. He says, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when you pray, what you're doing is you're placing an order in heaven <laughs> to be delivered right to your house. The tomb was empty on Easter so that you could pray and bring church home. That you can pray and see things change. I've decided this in this COVID craziness. Before my feet hit the floor in the morning, I'm going to pray. And before my head hits the pillow at night, I'm going to pray. And guess what? When it doesn't happen in my time frame, when it doesn't happen, the thing that I'm praying for, in the order of which I think it should happen, start asking myself questions. Maybe prayer is not gonna change things until prayer first changes me. That's what I'm praying in this season. God, change my perspective. God, change the situation. God, change, use me as a change agent. And if God is gonna use us corporately to change people, he's first gonna have to change our hearts individually change me <laughs> I want to tell you one more story come on Red Rocks in this COVID craziness we placed another carry out order to an unfamiliar restaurant I, I just went to the restaurant that had a lot of Yelp stars you know, they had four and a half stars over 2,000 reviews I'm like yeah that's the one I want and so 
I placed the order and they said it would be delivered in 42 minutes. Come on, they got these apps now that is tracing the delivery. And I'm on the app, I'm tracing it. It's still in the restaurant. It's now made it to the delivery agent. And now the delivery agent, I'm looking for my order. And I'm like, where in the world is my order? Realize something. I realized a lot in that moment. See, what you don't realize is I, I asked my kids to be the delivery agent. I had a conversation. I said, I want y'all to go pick up our food. They said, great. So the kids went out to pick up the food and, and I'm, I'm tracing them because I got Life 360 and they're, and they're coming in and I'm, and I'm seeing, I'm like, where's the food? They come back empty-handed. What? Where's my food? And I realized something. I had placed the order at a different restaurant. Yep, y'all can laugh. Y'all can laugh. It was crazy. I was hungry, but I had placed the order at a different restaurant and sent my kids to deliver it from the restaurant that didn't even have my order. And I started thinking about Take Home Church, and that's exactly what we have been doing. I don't want to order peace from church. I don't want to order joy from church. I don't want to order freedom from church. I want to order it from heaven. Why? Because if I'm just ordering it from church, when the doors of the church shut, I'm going to be expecting a delivery that will never show up. But when I place the order up in heaven, that delivery is going to show up. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, Jesus says, God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. It's in takeout church, take home church. We don't have to go to a building to pray. You can drop to your knees right where you are right now and pray. And I want you to know that even this sermon isn't the source of your delivery. Even this preacher, this pastor is not the source of your delivery. Right now in your house, you can place an order in heaven to come right to your family. I want to ask you, what are you hungry for? Are you hungry for God to heal your past? Are you hungry for God to free you from that addiction? Are you hungry for God to heal that broken heart? Are you hungry for God to have revival right in your house? Are you hungry? For God to heal your marriage. What are you hungry for? I believe that God is in close proximity. And right now, He's knocking on the door of your heart, saying, I got what you ordered. I'm right here, right now. It's not going to get lost, it's not going to be in the empty church. It's not going to, you don't need a worship team. We've got to move worship from lyrics to lifestyle. You can have the freedom that you desire right now and take home church. So right now, I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you. I thank you for every single person under the sound of my voice that is listening to this message. 
God, that in real time, you will deliver what they are praying for. That God, we would humble ourselves and pray that we would be faithfully devoted, that we would be mutually linked and that we would pray not just for your hand to deliver something, but for your heart to deliver your heart to our heart so that we can have heart for other people. Father, heal us. Heal our land, heal our families. And there are some of you under the sound of my voice right now that you need to place an order for Jesus to show up in your life and be your God and be your Savior. And if I had a big old fat reset button, you says, Pastor, where is the reset? I, I, I want to find an order to hit a reset button and reset my life. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. You can have a take home order for new right now. We're taking church home right now for new. And if that's you, you says, I, I want to reset my life. I just want you to pray this simple prayer with me. And here it is. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Set me free. I want you to be Lord of my life. Save me. I repent from my sins and I lean into your grace. I am yours. You are mine. In Jesus' name. Amen. Red Rocks, I-5. I believe that your best days are ahead of you and your worst days are behind you. I pray that God do something supernatural in your life that the awe, the signs and the wonders would show up in your family, in your job, and your some of you working from home right at your computer. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Pastor Sean, Pastor Jill, we love you. Irene and I can't wait to get back to Denver. Come on, we're going to ski a little bit next time. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time. Take home church. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us this weekend at Red Rocks Church Online. We hope that this message from Pastor Jimmy encouraged your heart for the week that you have ahead. I just wanted to take a quick minute and remind you, if you gave your life to Christ for the first time, if you wanna give and help make a difference during this time, or you want us as a church to partner with you during this season of life and prayer, I wanna encourage you, text the word Red Rocks to 25827. We would love to join with you and invite you into what's going on and not only in our city, but around the world. I also wanna remind us this weekend, as you remind your own heart that a church is not a building, but we are the church. Step into the opportunities that God has for you. Take initiative with some of the people in your life and see how you can make a difference during this time. As always, to stay connected to what's going on here at Red Rocks Church, follow us on social media. You can also go to redrockschurch.com for all up-to-date information on ways that you can stay connected and make a difference during this time. We love you guys so, so much, and we look forward to seeing you next weekend at Red Rocks Church. See you.